Hi, welcome to the Vine Life Church Podcast. We're in Boulder, Colorado, and we're following Jesus by staying rooted in His presence, growing in His family, and living on His mission so that hearts are awakened with His awe-inspiring love. In this time of social distancing, we're not currently gathering in person, but we invite you to stream the video from our weekend services online. And if we can help you in any way, reach out to us at vinelife.com. For now, here's a short sermon from last weekend at Vine Life. Again, thanks for joining us. Good morning, everybody. Usually when I'm talking to you at this time, uh, I'm looking at you and I say it's great to see you. And today, uh, that's not the case. I can't see you, uh, but I know you're there and I'm glad that you're there. You know, over the last few months, we've been pretty busy. Um, you know, if you look back on the national stage, we've had all this conversation about border security and immigration and uh, um, the economy and who's going to be the next president. And, and all of that's been going on in our lives. Uh, in schools, we've been building up to spring break. Uh, in sporting events, in that cycle, we're at the championship stage with uh, tournaments and uh, you know, all those contests to see who's the best. Uh, and at Vine Life, the Lord's been leading us into a next season too. Uh, you've probably noticed that over the last few weeks while we were meeting here in this building, we see a lot of new families coming in. Uh, we have, oh, 50 people that are engaged in the first year cohort process right now. And we're launching all these new initiatives, uh, the welcome team, the um, connect team, the quarterly prayer gatherings, uh, all of these things are going on. And in the teaching area, we've been in a, in a teaching process around a theme, a series called Awestruck. And today is the next installment of that series. And the question that we're asking is, how do we recapture and how do we remain in the fear of the Lord without being afraid? Now, I have to confess that what I'm about to say to you is the third iteration of my message. Uh, and those of you who teach or preach, I know you're going to smile uh, because that's often how it works. One of the axioms, the self-evident truths that we have is that what the Lord does through us, He first does to us. So we have to live through these messages, and as we develop them, the question that I think we all ask is, Lord, what do you say? What's the message? What words do I need that you say? Some of my earlier iterations were probably okay, uh, but they just didn't answer that question. And so early this morning, actually, the Lord showed me what he wants. Well, right now, in the environment that we're in, compared to what I just described, there's a lot of conversation and prayer. And the reason is because the schools are empty. And all these great sporting venues, they're silent. The theaters are dark. Uh, the museums are as lifeless as the artifacts they house. And even in our churches, we have the echoes of the sound of silence. And people are fearful. They're afraid of becoming sick. They're afraid of losing their jobs. They're afraid of not having enough, of not being able to outlast the cycle of this virus and its consequences. But in the face of all of this shaking and the many unknowns ahead, the starting point is declaring the Lord to the Lord one thing, one thing to the Lord. And that one thing that we need to declare is this, Lord, have mercy on me. 
That's what the Lord's waiting to hear from every one of us. In that one sentence, and that plea is encapsulated the true fear of the Lord and the recognition of his absolute power and his authority. Remember in Matthew 28, 18, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Lord have mercy is the banner that we lift over a right relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. Lord have mercy on me is the confession that we know and we accept who God is and who we are. Lord have mercy on me is our surrender into the arms of Jesus. Those are the same arms that reached out and they died that we would be redeemed. If we can't make that declaration, then we can't be humble before the Lord. And if we can't walk in humility with God, we can't walk with God at all. You know, on a practical level, Jesus put on flesh, became incarnate, and he came and he set aside his divinity and he lived with us to show us, to reveal to us who God is and to model for us how we walk in right relationship with God and with each other. And a central theme of that is our humility in being humble. Now, I imagine you can probably just sitting here think of at least a dozen scriptures that make that point. Uh, the upper one that uh, is uppermost in my mind is in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to the second chapter of Philippians. We'll pause for a second while you do that. And I would tell you that in my Bible, that's on uh, page 1295, if that helps at all. The subtitle of this particular chapter is Christ's Example of Humility. And starting with verse 1, it says this. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being in unity. No, it doesn't exactly say that, does it? But it does say that. Complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. We are called as a body to be in unity in our love, in our thinking, in our faith, and in our actions. Paul goes on and he says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is an invitation to us. This is an invitation for us to become aware and look at others and see them as God sees them, as his son, as his daughter, as his child, beloved and accepted. In verse 4, Paul identifies some balance, and he says this. He says, look, let each of you look not only to his own interests, not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. This is a relational balance. You know, we have our needs too. Sacrificing our needs uh, does not necessarily lift others up. Discounting ourselves does not necessarily empower others. What we have to do is retain our sense of balance, and we have to invite other people around us into their true identity in Christ. 
And in the 14th verse, Paul says this. He says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as a light in the world. Guys, look at the world today. <laughs> Have you ever seen a time where there's been more of a need for light? Have you encountered a situation where there's more of a need for truth? We're called to shine the light, and the light that we're shining is God's truth, not our own wisdom, but the truth of God, great and small. Now, Paul's writing about practical things here, places we can posture ourselves. But if we don't have the right heart posture, if we can't be humble ourselves, then all these things that we can do they won't be of any avail. They won't work. And the enemy will easily be able to twist them and pervert them and take all of our well-meaning efforts to follow the Lord and turn them into nothing. Today, look around you. The people in our world everywhere are seeing their world through new eyes. And all of us are being humbled in the face of something that we can't control. We can observe its consequences uh, we can try to avoid them, we can try to mitigate them, but we are powerless to control them. Right now, today, is a time for us, right where you're at, in our own living room, in our own kitchen, our own family room, wherever you are in hearing this and seeing this message, it's a time for us to get on our face before the Lord and to pray. It's a time for us to declare our submission to heaven and to plead with God, Lord, have mercy on me. So we're going to pause for a minute, and I invite you all, wherever you are, to go before the Lord and make that declaration, Lord, have mercy on me.